Welcome to an unimaginable life. <laughs> All right, today we're going to talk about alignment. Yeah, you don't want to say hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> no, I'll have an intro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. When was the first time you heard the word alignment? Abraham, probably at around age 32-ish, 33. And what do you think it meant? Well, maybe the first time I heard it, I thought that it meant being happy. Yeah, being like a positive emotional state of being. Yeah. 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 Well, that's essentially true. It is essentially true, but I did not understand right away what it was or how to maintain it. Right. So in a general way of saying it, alignment from Abraham's perspective would have just been feeling good, being happy, being in a positive emotional state of being, but there was no way to maintain alignment from that generality. No, there, there were some, some really good things. And I think early on when you're first starting this work, it's these, these little things that are introduced. Positive aspects was one of them. And taking note of when things were easy, that was I think how I started when something came easily or I'd, oh, well, that was easy. Something maybe I was afraid of, worried about, or didn't want to do, right? Something like that. And it was easy. I started paying attention to, okay, that was easy, easier than I thought that was easy. And then the positive aspects I used not only to pump up things that already felt good, but things that didn't feel good in a moment, I would search for things about them that were good, that I could say were good. Yeah. Right. I remember getting into Abraham and then doing the flipping, you know, renovating houses. And so I would be in appreciation for the house that I bought and look at the benefit to the whole neighborhood with an increase in prices and the value would go up because I would sell the highest priced house for the owner who would buy it and the neighbors and for the workers who got to work on it and uh, for the house itself, taking the worst house and making it the best house. And then not stressing out about if things went sideways or worried about you know problems down the road. How did you just not worry about it? How did you just not stress out about things going sideways? Well, because I was so appreciative of everything that we were doing, it sort of felt like that, sure, things are going to happen. And I had a lot of experience too, but I was just doing it for fun. And it was only for me, so I didn't have to worry about anyone else. So compared to having all those businesses and all those employees and customers, I was just doing everything for me. And so I was the only one who could get upset and I had a general attitude that this is easy compared to what I was doing before. So it made it easy. But this idea of alignment was, how do you get yourself into feeling good all the time? And that's when I figured out that people get stuck in the law of attraction. Because if you're just looking at the positive aspects and still condemning things and judging things and thinking things are wrong or bad, then there are always going to be those things that seem wrong or bad. And that's going to take you out of alignment. Right. Well, let's, let's go. You mentioned a word there, appreciation. 
right? That That's another one that in that stage of this process for me, this journey, appreciation was a big word. And because I was also in real estate and understood that when a property appreciates, like you said, it was going to improve the neighborhood. When a property appreciates, it goes up in value. And I realized that the word appreciation meant that if I could focus on appreciating something, any aspect of anything, that it would increase in value. It would increase in my experience. So I started to play a lot of those, you know, how Abraham does the rampage of appreciation, which is fantastic. And rather than saying prayers at night with my little girl, we played the appreciation game. So we just said, what, let's look at your day and talk about, name all the things that you appreciate about your day today. And that put everyone in such a good mood. And even my two-year-old, three-year-old would get on a roll. And I think appreciation was a really big start of that not getting stuck, maybe the the not getting stuck in that law of attraction, just finding those things that you did appreciate. And then even that, after a while, I realized I wasn't looking at the things that I didn't like. So what was going on? So the appreciation to me was great. And the feeling good, I knew that that was where I was in alignment, but I didn't know why I was in alignment. Like, what's the benefit of being in alignment? And that wasn't until Joshua came along and said, well, the benefit of being in alignment is that you are now connected to your inner self and your inner self is feeding you inspiration. Right. And direct communication and intuition and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Abraham talks a little bit about that. They say your inner self and even taught me the emotional scale that that communication coming from my inner self was about my at the time perspective in a way, right? That if I felt bad, I was just far away from the perspective of my inner self. Yeah. But when I felt angry, I didn't understand yet. It had not been introduced that, that I was judging something as wrong or bad. And right there was where I was really getting stuck that and the combination of creating my reality, attempting to create tomorrow to yeah. be better or different than the, this very moment. Yeah. So that you could feel good tomorrow. Tomorrow. So you would set set up the conditions to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still being a victim and still creating from the limited perspective of the human. Right. And thinking, okay, well, if I'm going to create my reality that I was starting to understand that how I felt was what I was bringing to myself. So if I felt bad or had thoughts that were negative, quote unquote negative, I was trying to control those thoughts, delete those thoughts so that the next moment would be better than my now moment. And in that sentence that I'm saying, there's several things that are keeping you stuck right in the mud. Well, so many people are so afraid of their negative thoughts because they think they're going to create the negative. And there's that's the whole duality thing. Mm-hmm. You're Some things are good, some things are bad, some things are right, some things are wrong, some things are better, some things are worse. And you just can't control all those thoughts. Then that 
brings in the perspective idea that is not mentioned in Abraham for a reason because it's too specific. But then then you would say perspective and alignment. So alignment is sharing the same or close perspective to your inner self. Right. Well, your inner self's perspective is perfection. And as close as you get to that, the better you'll feel. And as far away as you get from that, the worse you'll feel. Right. Something that I have started to teach to people that I coach and because it started with me was that that A of alignment, there were two words with that. And that was acceptance and appreciation those two A's went along with alignment and acceptance was that idea right there that what is happening right now is at least right, right? That's where I began to get that when I first listened to Joshua. It was accepting right now. So what is in my now, even the things that I perceive I don't like, think are bad and wrong that I can accept as being right in this moment, that acceptance and then appreciating what's in the moment that I could see as good were the two keys to staying and, you know, getting in alignment and staying in alignment. Yeah. But it's still a game, mm-hmm. you know, which is, you don't really believe it. You're just trying to play this game that says, if you're in alignment, you'll feel good. So you want to feel good. So get in alignment. Right. Yeah. The The acceptance key in the first five minutes that I heard Joshua was what, what hit me was you're not trying to create a different tomorrow or a different next moment. What you are creating when you're creating your reality is now. So this is here. What is in front of you is in front of you now. How can you accept and even perhaps appreciate what is now? And that was the game that I played that in the first five minutes, I heard Joshua was looking around at the things that I could not stand around me. It was just in my house in the moment, the messy things, the things I wanted to change and looking at those and doing a deep dive into them and finding what I could accept about them and how and why I could accept them as being right in the moment. That's one of one of the examples from a perception of reality where there's socks on the floor. Well, I remember this this is 10 years ago now. And how can you appreciate someone in the family leaving their socks on the floor? Well, it means you have a family. If there wasn't socks on the floor, you'd have no family. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. And so instead of being upset that someone's not caring enough to pick up their socks is just saying, I have a family. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly it. That's the game I played. And I hadn't read A Perception of Reality yet at that point. I was just listening to my very first podcast. And it, it was an earth-shattering moment for me to recognize that I was not creating when all those times that I was hearing the law of attraction, create your own reality, I was looking into the future to create a future that I wanted because I believed I didn't have it. And in that moment, the thing I looked at was this carpet that was in the bedroom 
and I hated this carpet. It was just such a mess. And so I started going to each little spot and staying on the carpet and remembering how it got there, making little post-it notes and put them on the stain so that when then, you know, for a few days, when I walked through that room, I would have that memory and they were all funny. They were all fun. And I said, okay, well, for now, this carpet is serving as a reminder of my wonderful, fun, silly life. And when this carpet goes, those memories will begin to fade. And at least right now, every time I look at this stain, I can laugh about that memory and then start to love the carpet for this tapestry of memory that it is. Yeah. I remember my high school girlfriend, her mom had this living room that no one could go into and that every day one of the kids would have to rake it as their chore. They would rake the carpet. So it would have this perfect thing and their lives were a mess. The father was an alcoholic. The mother was totally controlling, you know, Mm. (laughs) it was like, Oh my God. I look back such fear now. And I used to go and cook there. Can you imagine me cooking in that house? Oh, and making such a mess. mess. Oh gosh. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, and that trying to control the outside. So really then the next thing about alignment that we learn secondary to, we're not creating tomorrow. We're creating our now and appreciating it. Then the next thing really is that changing and controlling conditions to make ourselves feel better. That's the tricky one. Well, Abraham does say, you're using this as an excuse to feel good and you're using this as an excuse to feel bad. This is really the beginning of this idea of creator or victim. The victim will use the outside conditions and people as an excuse to feel good or bad. They have no control over how they feel. And the creator is creating how they feel unconditional or not conditioned on what's going on around them. So that's the key to being a creator is you choose how you feel. And as we know, your feelings or your ability to accept the present moment, which once the present moment has been created, it can't be changed. So it has to be perfect since it can't be changed. If you can't change it or if you wouldn't change it, you'd call it perfect. So in that, looking at it that way, you now say, well, how do I want to feel? And then you decide what to look at from there. Right. So then we get to the concept that Joshua introduced, which is to me, the staple, everything is right is certainly those first words are certainly a foundation. But the next one is that everything is happening for me, not to me. Life is happening for me. For you so that you can be aware of your perspective. Yeah. So even though I didn't understand that, that it was so that I could be aware of my perspective, at the time it was really about vibration because it wasn't until white light came in and and said to me they were exactly the same thing that was mind-blowing to me. But I was my vibration. So I'm looking at what's occurring. It's for me. And it's for me to show me where I'm vibrating so that I can make adjustments. And I struggled with that a little bit at first because I thought, well, wait, if I'm to accept that everything is right, 
then wanting to change it is again, going to get me stuck. And that's actually not true. That really isn't true. It's okay. This is for me. What do I see? And then it's going to point out where I am either empowering myself or limiting myself and looking at that and knowing that I can look at any situation. Now I look at this, this feels bad to me. I can process that, but that's why it's right. That's why it's perfect because it's a perfect reflection. Right. So your perspective of yourself in every area of your life is translated into a, a vibration. And that vibration is really a density. The higher your perspective, the higher the density that you exist at. And once you move up in density, you don't go back. So that the density in a 3D reality, we'll say it has 100 layers, the lower densities are slower, more filled with fear, difficult to bring in infinite intelligence, ideas, inspiration, connection with your inner self. You feel more separated. The higher densities, you feel less separated. You have more clarity and you have more connection to your inner self, bringing in more inspiration. And since there's less fear, it's a little easier to take action when you take action, you have an experience. If you can see that experience as perfect, you'll gain the information that experience that'll raise your perspective even more and you'll move up in density where things happen faster, but also manifestation events happen faster too. Right. And what's manifestation event? <laughs> what is that? Right. That is something, anything that occurs that makes you feel something. Right. I talk to people all the time now, and once they've done a few of the courses or have taken the activation, really quickly they say, I do not react the same way I used to react in maybe weeks. Right. Just talking to Holland, and he was saying, yeah, four weeks of this foundations course, and I do not react the same way. And relationships improve. And mm -hmm. Right. That idea of knowing that everything is happening for me, or at least entertaining that possibility. Okay. Something happens, a flat tire, a breakup, whatever it is. Right. And you say, okay, this is for me. Perhaps it is. I don't know how yet, but it is. That shift in perspective is huge. And it's the idea of observing and not reacting. Just observe the interaction, observe the experience, observe whatever it is. Now look at your emotions, how do you feel? And now quickly, what are the thoughts you're thinking about it? And when you do that, it is slow at first. It's it's arduous. It's a process at first. And when I first started doing that, I thought, my God, I can't live this way. I cannot do this. These people are nuts. But it gets easier. It gets faster, just like anything else. You do that. You start observing. You can't react in the way that you used to, you're not reacting at all. You're taking 10 seconds, 10 minutes, 10 hours to just observe what occurred and how you feel and what the thoughts are. And then you give yourself time to move up, to let your vibration rise, your perspective rise. And then you can take an action from a much higher vibration or higher perspective. Yeah. Well, a perception of reality is saying that 
you have a default perception, the way you see reality based in how everyone else has always seen it, based in fear. You see things from the perspective of the victim. We all have been brought up that way. This is what we're taught. Imperfection is what is real. Nothing's perfect. That way of looking at your life or reality in general, you see things completely differently. Mm-hmm. You hear things differently. You perceive that people are saying things, but they're not saying those things. It is weird, but the way you look at life from that perspective of a victim and how it makes you feel is not accurate. If you were taught how this really works, you would be much quicker in perceiving yourself as the creator in childhood. So imagine going 40, 50 years, perceiving yourself as a victim, just like everyone else, and that's the way it is, having fears that you think are normal and doing or not doing things based on those fears. Your perspective is highly limited and you're not seeing what's really there. Then you do this work, which I've done over 10 years with Joshua and before that, Abraham, so longer. And then slowly everything changes and you see the whole world completely differently. And that perspective or that perception of reality is obviously accurate, more accurate, has much less fear in it. You've shifted your perspective. So you see things, you feel a connection. So you don't feel separate as you did before. The last white light Christmas special, white light was saying, if I had gone, if I would go back into my body 10 years ago, I could not stand it. It would break me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. They did. They, <laughs> and they were direct about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So for the purposes of this, this conversation, then alignment, we learned from Abraham and we've learned from Joshua and, and others now that alignment is simply choosing a perspective on yourself in your reality, on any interaction, any experience, anything that, that occurs in your life, choosing a perspective that is as close to that of your inner self and your inner self will always see every experience as perfect. This entire life has been chosen by your inner self to be experienced. Now, your choice is how you want to experience, right? So alignment is going to be, we choose a perspective that's as close to perfection as possible. So in your case, how do you do that? What are the steps that you take when something occurs? And let's just, you know, take something recently that, that happened that even where you are now dropped you a little bit. Let's, let's talk about something that made you drop. Well, I understand completely that everything is for me. And what White Light had said before is, when I hit that glass of wine, before it even spills, I know that it's for me, right? So my belief system is pretty far up there. When I fell in Savannah this weekend on the porch, it didn't drop me at all, you know? I knew that somehow, some way that was for me. And when I had that bump on my shin, that you worked on, I I asked you, what is this telling me? So I'm looking for the information in every experience, and I see that this is showing me a wobble in some area that showed up because of whatever my limiting belief was in that area. So it was, I can't even think of it. 
I mean, I used to have manifestation events over and over and over. There's a lawsuit I'm getting involved with, with my ex-wife, Lily, and a house that we had many years ago that was in her name, and they're trying to drag me into it. And so I look at that as this is happening for me because something like, you know, these things have been going on repeatedly in my life. And now I look at the opposing lawyer and the woman who has the claim as, you know, they're doing this for me. Nobody wants to be in a lawsuit, right? And so they're showing me the last bastion of limitation where I think things matter, you know, where things could be taken away or lost. And so I look at it from that perspective and it doesn't bother me. It's very hard to drop that. To, to Yeah, to yeah. Like take you out of alignment. Yeah, right? maybe for a little while, but um, very quickly I get back. Right. Um, I think for me, it's, it's funny. It really isn't anything that is personally happens to me. Now what I have dealt with for months and months is what happens to other people around me. That tends to knock me off of my alignment more easily and dramatically than things that happen directly for me for say a, a lawsuit or a flat tire or any anything that's personally me i'm like you very very quickly i can bounce by i understand right away i don't question anymore if it's for me or not you go huh it's really just okay when i have an experience where my daughter is talking about something that has nothing to do with me. I'm not related to it at all, but she is very hurt or very upset. That is harder for me. It's really funny to decipher that very quickly and say, well, that's for her and not get into that sense of worry. And I just wonder if that's, you know, if that's everyone or if that's just me when it's someone else Someone else cries. Someone else gets hurt about something. I well, if you, have a much harder time. If you perceive it's your fault, that's when you get upset. But if it's not your, if you don't think that you're causing it, you don't get as upset. Not, Versus, not as upset. Yeah, but still but, I do. Okay, look at her car. Right. When her car needed to go in the shop and she was complaining about it, you didn't get upset about that. No, not no. <laughs> but I got what I don't like is that she's upset. That's the part that I have. Oh, my negative emotion is intense. I think your negative emotion from that is that you're not there to comfort her. That's the negative emotion. You, we both know yeah. that this experience of a car yeah. not working is right. obviously an experience for her. her your, okay, for instance, she was at a CrossFit. You were there, and she didn't get her record and hurt her toe and all that. You didn't feel bad then. Right. Because you were there. It's when you're not there is when you feel yeah, bad. Maybe. Yeah. But it, it really is funny. It's just even even something for you. Like talk about the lawsuit. Right. I if that was me, no problem at all. It's you. And so I'm much more in a, a state of control and negative emotion about it because it's you. Ah. Then and there's nothing I can do about it. Not a darn thing, but my desire to 
make sure you're okay, that there's nothing you need, there's nothing I can do. Whether I was here or not here, wouldn't matter. Those things, it's just funny. It's like feeling something about what somebody else is feeling. Mm -hmm. People that I care about. I really, it can drop me. It's so weird. And it's a, it's a more challenging one for me to navigate. So yeah, I don't have that. Anybody else is like that. No, you don't care about anyone. (laughs) No, because I see so obviously for them, for instance, Trey was doing the activations. He got really sick and I knew exactly that was for him. You know, I knew that when he he recovered from that, I knew that he was processing trapped emotions, you know, right in that instance, I was really happy. Yeah. me too. And I heard that he was sick like that. My heart went, Oh, I know what that's like. Right. Ouch. And I just really quickly was able to good for him. And he is going to feel like a million dollars in a month. Right. And so that one was pretty easy. Also, I know Trey's doing the work too. I know as long as he continues to do the work, it'd be the greatest thing that ever happened to him. And so I can hold that, right? I can hold that perspective. So there are certain times where I can hold it for someone. And other times I haven't been able to make heads or tails out of, you know, what that is, but that's, you know, maintaining, maintaining alignment there. I think there's a lot of people though, that are probably listening to this, that don't have the experience doing it the way you and I have for the amount of time that we have. Well, if it's the thing that is difficult for people to stick with initially, just listening to podcasts, everyone feels good, but then really getting to this point. Okay. I have to see my, myself from a higher perspective yet. All this bad stuff happened to me. All these people did things to me. And if I keep going on this, then I'll have to drop that. And this is how I identify myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we get into that, which will, we can do a whole nother podcast on the topic of identity, but yeah, that maintaining that alignment without putting a happy face over an empty gas tank, like Abraham says, that doesn't work, right? Just, just say, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I think for me too, early on, there was something that I said to myself when I was listening to Joshua and I perhaps had just started the boot camp, done maybe two weeks or so into the boot camp. And I realized how important it was to feel good. And I mean, really feel good, not fake feel good, not, oh, this is, oh, I'm okay. Right? No. I made a statement one morning. That's it. I demand to feel good. And I'm not demanding it. At the time, I wasn't demanding it from outside of me. I wasn't demanding that conditions were right or that my daughter didn't complain or that the bank account was always, you know, plenty of money in it. Right? I didn't demand that. But what I demanded was of myself. If I feel bad, I don't care what's going on around me. I will stop and I will get to a place where I can feel at least better. I can get to some emotion or two above where I am now. I'm not moving. And I made that commitment to myself. And it was not easy because I would be in a meeting and something would really not be going my way in my perspective. I would drop, okay. And I would get very, very quiet. And if someone asked me a question, I need a minute. If someone came in and said something snarky, gave me a dirty look. 
I started learning to say, okay, I'm not moving from here. That felt like crap, but it's not them. It's me. And that really is still how I maintain my alignment because I can have that immediate reaction where you're maybe not having that. I can have that immediate reaction where I want to say, all right, well, what was that for? What was that obnoxious look for? <laughs> right. I mean, I, you know, I can't, I can feel it. It's right there. It'll just for a second will take me out of my zone and very quickly. No, I demand to feel good and I will do whatever it takes. So if it's that I'm seeing something as bad or wrong or seeing something as someone else doing something, then I'll work on that until I feel good. I'm not continuing on with my day. And I have many more ways to do it now than I did then. But the simplicity of it was just, no, I demand to feel good. So if I can't continue to look at this situation and find a way to work myself up on it, then I will focus on something else until I get to a better spot. And that worked really well. I'll go play with my cat or I will call a friend of mine and not discuss this thing that's going on because I can't seem to pull myself up. And so I think what happens is I pull myself up or pump up some other area of my life that was really good, that I really did appreciate. Then when I went back to that issue, I had access to better thoughts, higher vibrational thoughts, ideas, actions that I could take that would then allow me to move up on the issue. Yeah. So that was how I maintained my alignment early in this process. Well, that's exactly the whole idea is that when you dip down, you have no access to the ideas that will be a solution to whatever the problem is. You're in the vibration of the problem, not the solution. And so you're useless in that dwelling on it and thinking of, and all those ideas that come to you are urges to change the conditions and those action on those urges will never turn out the way you think they will. There is a solution to it, but you can't access it from the vibration of the problem. You have to find a way to get up. What I guess I would do is just like you did focus, just leave that alone don't worry that it's pressing or not pressing. Don't worry that you're being irresponsible because you're not. Focus on anything else that makes you feel good. And this is true of when something's not working out, when you're efforting and struggling at something, it's because you think it has to be done a certain way and it absolutely doesn't. There's an idea that's ready for you to, to get, but you have to get into that higher vibration of the solution. Right, yeah, yeah. We talking about life like that. I know it's it, controlling these things because we think, God, there's some infinite onion of how we think something's supposed to turn out. So you think about my daughter and she's a child, a tiny child and has to go to school. And I thought, well, okay, if I let her choose her own school, right? So, so I did that. I let her pick her own places to go to school. And I had a lot of, there's a lot of fear in that, but in trusting that and letting go of this outcome of looking at a five-year-old and thinking about college yeah. or thinking about her career one day, that if I don't do this in this way, 
I don't put her in this school and that school and make her do her homework and all of these things that one day she won't get into a premium college and she'll have a terrible life and she'll be unhappy. And the only reason I want my daughter to be happy is because I think if she's not, I'll feel bad. Right. So I think about all the control that everyone has on every little area of their life, simply because they're looking at a time a year from now or 20 years from now, where if they don't do this 20 years from now, I won't feel good. Well, right? that, that's, <laughs> a, that's a perception of reality where you don't know you have an inner self. You don't know that this life is created for you by you perfectly. You don't know that you're connected to everything and everyone you feel alone and you have to maintain some sort of control. If you don't know that you're being guided in every moment, that is the default perception of reality. Mm -hmm. Then you start to learn that you are guided in every moment. You start to get experiences with it. And then you let all that go because now your perspective is, I can't know how things are going to turn out. I don't even want to know. All I know is that in this moment, I can connect to my inner self or not. I can be in alignment or not. And so the more often I'm in alignment, the more I have connection to inspiration, intuition, and direct communication that will lead me forward. That's the perception of reality that is the true one that nobody knows. And so when we get into Joshua and Abraham and all the other channels talking about all of this stuff, these ideas of you're the creator of your reality, that everything's working out for you, that nothing's happening ever to you, that everyone and everything is connected. Just these four statements lift your perspective enough that you can sort of see that there might be two ways to look at reality. Yeah, exactly. And and then the reality of others. <clears throat> because like I said, right, someone feels bad, then I feel bad, right? That's a, that's a tricky one. So in the case, give my daughter, letting her choose her own schools, really what I wanted was a great relationship with my daughter. When she was two, when she was three, when she was four, I want a loving, happy, good relationship with her. And in the moments where I'm forcing her to do things that she doesn't want to do, that's not a great relationship. And I had a lot of people think I was absolutely insane for doing things the way that I did, but because she was happy and she felt like she had some say so in her own day, her own life, where she went to school, when she went to bed, what she ate, perhaps things she ate or when she went to bed were not even my idea of what was good for a three-year-old or a five-year-old or a seven-year-old. But because she felt good herself, we would laugh and talk and play. And it, I didn't let her run over me, but there were things that I would say, okay, you, you can stay up as long as you want, but you can't be here because this is grown-up time. Okay, right? So but she still went to sleep. She went to sleep, right? She And she learned herself how to do it. And I maintained a great relationship with her all the way through college and, and she did get into a great college and she did graduate from college and she's got her own business and, and she's lovely. That was what was important. So do I want my daughter to 
live a life where she gets into a great college and she has a great career and she has plenty of money and she has that society version of happy? Or do I want a relationship with my child to be in a place where we laugh and talk and she talks to me about things and we have a good time and she trusts me and she knows that I trust her and have faith in her, believe in her. I think that was really it. It was not it, keeping her safe doesn't matter if she hates me right? or if she feels like I'm controlling her or she rolls her eyes when I leave the room and her friends are around, right? That doesn't matter then. Do I really want her to be that way? Or would I rather she felt like I had faith in her, trusted her, and then maybe she didn't get into a great school. Maybe she didn't, but that wasn't her path. Because I started to really understand, I have no idea. I have no idea. Not only do I not know hers, I don't know mine. Yeah. So what's important to me is, is right now and this relationship that I have with anybody that's in front of me, not trying to see to it that they do things the way I want them to do them. And then I turned that into myself, right? I could force myself to do a lot of things that I don't want to do because I think it's what should be done or what's going to get me the life I think I want to have, but that's never in alignment that having a great relationship with myself and being easy on myself and just pushing through fear because I'm excited to do something. Something lights me up and I do it not because I think I should, but because I want to push past that fear to do it. That's alignment. Yeah. That's alignment. So you get into the state where you can receive the inspiration to do the things that would light you up, but you don't know what those things are. Like the inspiration at the last moment to go to Savannah this weekend. Mm -hmm. You know, we knew that was inspiration. It definitely sounded like fun. We had no idea what was going to happen. I looked around for several Airbnbs, found one that we liked. Then they had this thing that said, we don't accept same day reservations, which is crazy. Found another one. And of course, that one turned out to be the best one, right. which we wouldn't have found otherwise. No, right. And which, you know, allowed us to have friends there and and that sort of thing. And it was, it was so last minute. It was okay. You know, it was a really cool Christmas idea from you to me that said, Hey, let's just take off and go today. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And that's definitely inspiration. And you can feel even fear in those things. Oh, uh, there's fear in everything. Well, yeah. all inspiration comes, Always with, comes fear, with fear, right? right? Yeah. That's an interesting um, interesting conversation also could probably be deep into another podcast is that anything, even if it's the thought for a, a quick second, I think I'll go to the gym and then, uh, no, I have this to do and that to do, or it's raining, it's cold. I don't want to do right. That's, that's all, fear. All fear. Right. That's all fear. But the idea of going to the gym and putting myself in a position where I have a routine and I have a thing that I must do, or I won't look the way I want to look or these other things I put on myself, definitely an urge telling the difference between them is an interesting walk. Yeah. Well, that is the key is understanding that what you think you want is different than what you truly want. That inspiration comes in alignment, that urges come when you're out of alignment that the action and the inspiration might lead you into a manifestation event, which is for you, or into something that you couldn't imagine, something unimaginable. 
and that an urge might change the conditions, but it's never going to benefit you, and it's always going to lead you on this detour. These are these nuances as we get into this idea. But to get there, you have to understand that to be in alignment, it's not just looking at positive aspects and pumping yourself up with blah, blah, blah. It's looking at what you think is wrong or bad, realizing there's a limiting belief there, and this limiting belief is causing you to perceive something is wrong or bad. Mm-hmm. Without anyone looking at their limiting beliefs, they just say that's the way it is, especially since so many people share the same limiting beliefs. Right. Yeah. Which is why part two of this is going to be about exactly that. You know, so initially staying in alignment then is the idea that everything is right and everything is happening for me. Just adopting that perspective and saying, okay, I don't like this and I don't have to like it. That's a tricky one. I think once everyone realizes that they go, oh, okay. Right. So I see this war happening and there's no way that could be right. That makes me feel terrible. These are my people, blah, 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 whatever, right? That makes me feel awful. There's no way that's right. Well, if you just take the stance that perhaps this is happening for me because I'm aware of it and it's causing some emotion in whatever direction, and it's happening for everyone else that's involved, just take that perspective and sit with that a little bit and say, that's possible that this is what's happening. That will lift that vibration enough that you'll feel better and you are more in alignment than you were every time you think about that. And it goes with anything. My refrigerator's out. Okay. This is happening for me. Maybe that's true. I have no idea why my refrigerator going out would be happening for me but I will eventually see that. I will know that, right? And that perspective right there keeps you in alignment. I mean, we're never fully seeing the same perspective as our inner self. Mm-hmm. There are, I mean, I won't say never, but those moments of clarity are are rare. But that feeling good is actually feeling a bit neutral. It's is not necessarily jumping up and down and screaming and yelling with excitement, right? Yeah, well, if you jump up and down, scream with excitement at something happening in your conditions, you're using that as an excuse to feel good. Winning the lottery, we're all going to jump up and down. We're all going to feel good, but we don't know where that's going to lead. Right. And then where that's going to lead is based in your perspective anyway. And as you know, most people who win the lottery end up having more experiences of lack because they lose it and they feel irresponsible and mm. not good about themselves. Their lives and yep. things too, right? <laughs> yeah, White Light told me months and months ago that the only reason I'm excited about something is because I think it's the path to get me something that I think I want. You only get excited because you think you're getting something that you really want. So just like despair or anger is you believe you're not getting something that you want, that high level excitement is you believing that you are. Neither is true ever. Correct. So when you feel that excitement in that state is a very high vibration. 
But in that state now, look at what you think is getting ready to occur and let go of that. And that was a fun, that, and that still is, that's a very fun exercise to do from there. Is it really a high vibration? Yeah. Well, they explained to me, it's, it's certainly, the, there is a scale of emotion and that scale of feeling excitement is a high vibration, but it is not as high as neutral. Right. Neutral okay. is much higher. It's, it's higher than despair. Right. right. So from the level, a state of excitement, it is much easier, I will tell you, because I practice it all the time, to say, okay, I am so excited right now. What is it that I think I'm getting? Is it that I'm excited just about this thing? Okay, yeah. Then what is this thing going to make me feel that I don't have already? And it's a really fun game because from there, I'm feeling great. And my access to my inner self and ideas are really, it's easy. So from that point, you really can start to look, oh, and you get a very clear idea of limiting beliefs from that spot that you have a much harder time getting when you're angry or in some sort of hopelessness. It's a very fun game to play. Yesterday was Christmas and we watched Elf. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in the car. (laughs) And that was an example of someone at a very high vibration. (laughs) Everything was good. Everything was wonderful. Everything's wonderful. (laughs) Even gum left on the railing of the subway. Or world's best coffee. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's such a funny movie. Yeah. It really, really is. Yeah. And just looking at everything as wonderful. And when someone says, go away, I don't want you here, it, it just really didn't register. And that's another yeah. interesting thing. When things occur for me now that even maybe three years ago would have really made me feel like crap. I wonder, I don't think I notice them. And if I do notice, it's barely a blip. I'll still process it if I become aware of it, but it's really different. It's just like saying, you know, Chrissy, you are blue. You are, you know, so blue. Yeah. I, I know that I'm not, I don't have blue skin or blue hair. And so I just, huh, okay, that's those. So did you hear that? That was interesting. This is right. the clarity that you get from getting to this level is when, when anything happens, you understand why these people are saying whatever they're saying or what they're doing, whatever they're doing. They do not see what you see. They can't see what can't you see. see. Yeah. Uh, but it's like an elf when, when they said, did they uh did the department store fire you? Yes, but uh the, what I got was this really cool thing called a restraining order. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so funny. I, I really had not heard that in that film until yesterday. And I've uh, seen it, I don't know how many times, but I heard that yesterday. I thought, how have I missed that so many times watching this movie? That's funny. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's it. You know, that's that is just the start of maintaining alignment how you know how do how do we do it that's how we do it right those little things but it it leads you to a path of then this next step and this next step to make it it gets deeper and easier to do yeah more nuanced yeah it's also because people want what they want they long for what they want by going on a spiritual journey they think that they're not going to get what they want you know And to tell someone that 
what you truly want, which is going to come if you stick to this work, is so much better than what you think you want. Well, you think you want such a based on such a limited point of view. And you can't even imagine what could come to you as you get on this higher level. But it takes all that work. And that's why, you know, you go through foundations. And if you think, well, this is going to get me what I want, you don't say, how's this going to get me what I want? And then you go through basic training and they go boot boot camp. And then uh, you have more and more experiences. And then something starts to click there. Yeah. You know, I think everyone has in their life, people that don't do this work, people that do, so many examples of getting something that they thought they wanted and having the feeling that it's great and having the feeling that they thought it was going to give them for a bit of time. And it's just like the big house. It was an easy one for me to use. Oh, I want this big house. I'm tired of it being cramped and not having places to put things away and blah, blah, blah. And then we got the big house, built it, it was magnificent, loved it, loved every minute of it. And it really did. I did enjoy it. And then I started noticing how challenging it was to clean. So then I had another issue. Okay, get some help in here to help me clean it and maintain it. And then all of a sudden, as a family, we are spending every weekend maintaining this big, beautiful house and the lawn. And we're doing that, right? So we had it. And then, so then it was the next desire was, oh, have permanent lawn care people, have housekeepers every week, have, you know, all these things were happening until then we lost everything, ended up in a little two bedroom, two bath apartment and had more fun because it took us 15 minutes to clean it. And then we went out and experienced all the things in this city that we loved. So what I thought I wanted was that big, beautiful house. I got it and that was great, but it came with a lot of other things and then led me down a path to not having it again, but then enjoying it. Well, what I truly wanted was this feeling of fun and security and time with my daughter and each time with the family. That's what I really wanted were, were the feelings that came from that. What I thought was going to come in was having this big house and all this space and not have to worry about finding places to put things and being able to entertain and all that stuff. When really that wasn't it at all. That is not how it came from the perspective. Now I could have all of that because I understand it's not going to give me that feeling. It's just for fun. Yeah. My whole prior to losing everything was get this. Okay. That didn't feel like anything. Okay. Now I have to go higher more, 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 more. Then it was a house of cards and it all fell down. And then losing everything didn't feel nearly as bad as you thought it would feel. We ended up in a even nicer house that we rented. We ended up renovating a rented house, which is never done. We had the most amazing view. It was an amazing time. Then the next house was in Palm Beach, which we always live in Palm Beach, in this house that was amazing and affordable, which is unimaginable. And then buying the next house and renovating that, that was all fun. And it was not on the scale that we thought we needed to have to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it is. Hmm. So alignment is a lot deeper than we think it is. It is a big topic. 
yeah. we can do more and more discussion on it. I think but- I don't think you can attain alignment then. I think alignment emerges. It's nice to have the concept of what alignment is and what the benefit is, but it emerges from working on processing limiting beliefs. Really, that is the start of all this, knowing that we're just a bundle of beliefs, none of which are true, and all of which are limiting, but then there's the low-hanging fruit of limiting beliefs that are easy to process. And then once you get going on that on this wheel of processing limiting beliefs and understanding that you're being triggered by some event that's happening outside of you because you feel fear and it's generally about your identity, then you start to soften those limiting beliefs. You start to be in alignment, emerge into alignment, receive inspiration, push past fear, take action, have the experience, and then have another manifestation event that going from having seven to 10 a day to having one a month where the little stuff doesn't even appear in your radar anymore. <laughs> not that they don't happen. It's just not a manifestation of it anymore. If your belief is not a limiting belief is that which limits you from taking action when you're inspired. If it's not going to stop you from taking action, it's no longer limiting. And so when you get on this ride where you go from where you are now, realizing that you're always guided, that everything's happening for you, that you're going to go into experiences that are orchestrated for you called manifestation events, that all the people who are part of that event are serving you by bringing this to your attention so you can become aware of something that is holding you down. And then you start to find evidence to prove it's false, which is, it's always there, but no one ever thinks to do that. Now you're thinking of doing that. You find this evidence that proves your limiting belief is false. This softens your limiting belief and you'll have another manifestation event around this subject. You do the same practice proving it false, proving it false, proving it false. And it fades away to a point where when you receive inspiration, that limiting belief does not cause as much fear. And now you're able to push past the fear and act on the inspiration. That's the process. And that's found in the boot camp and in basic training, this idea. And next week, we're going to have Jessica on. And Jessica Iwadi has created a whole system for doing it through the Joshua teaching. She's been doing the limiting beliefs workshops for years and years and years for us. And now she's a professional in this field. So it'll be great to talk to her. And then we'll talk more about the manifestation event form and how this whole system works. All right. Thanks so much for being here. And we'll see you next time. Bye.